um, this morning. But um, you know, I've been speaking over the last little while about what God has been showing me for this coming year and uh, about the multiple births, uh, which I get really excited about those things. That dream that I had when God had me uh, prophesying multiple births, um, it, it was just, it was amazing. And, and I believe that God is doing something in this hour that's like unprecedented, that we're, we're coming into a place where we're going to see those promises of God come to pass. And whatever those promises are, I encourage you, go before God. And I think Marissa brought a word this morning about, you know, sometimes that we can get disappointed. And uh, but we just need to ask God. God is so willing. He's so willing. He wants us to stay in faith. He wants us to stay in faith for those things. And, and the tension is when, we, when we've had a promise or we believe that something uh, that God has given us, the tension is in the in-between between the promise uh, declared and the promise fulfilled. You know, there's that tension in between. And that's where we can get disappointed. That's where in that time, in that desert season, we can get disappointed. And I believe that God wants to say today, let faith arise. That song, let faith arise again. You know, put your disappointments away. Who knows that God's ways are far higher than our ways? His ways are far higher. Often, and I know in my life, there's things that, you know, I want to see them work out this way. I want to see, you know, all the, what they call the ducks in a row and, and uh, you know, things line up the way I want them to line up and the way I think that they should line up. But who knows that God's thoughts are incredible. He has master plan. And then after the event, like I might have to wait for, for whatever, for things to, to come to pass. But afterwards, I look back and I think, oh my goodness, Lord, you are so faithful. You know all things. If it had worked out according to my plan, <laughs> it wouldn't have gone well, even though at the time I thought that that plan would have been the best plan. But God sees all things. He sees the beginning from the end. He knows what he has to work in us in that process. And his ways are always good. And I love that, um, that song this morning, you know, that we, we lift our hands to believe again. You know, we remember those He is faithful. He is always faithful and you can look back over the years in your life and you can always reflect and always remember that he always comes through. He may not come through the way you want him to come through, but he always comes through. Amen? He is faithful. He's trustworthy. He can be trusted. And God is wanting to stir our faith. He's wanting us to believe again. Put the disappointments aside and believe again. It is faith that pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God just wants us to trust Him. He wants us to trust Him in the process. He wants us to trust Him even when things are going bad. He wants us to hang on to Him and trust Him because we know that He is our deliverer. We know that He will make a way where there is no way. We know that if we hang on to Him, he will cause all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? And when we're loved by God, we're sons and daughters of God. He's going to work things out. He's going to work things out. You know, if someone said the other day, uh, you know, that, um, what is it, will happen? Um, I think Marina said it. I can't remember now. Anyway, I'm just having a little, you know. 
um, that don't come from the heart of God and they, they become fulfilled because of how we speak over ourselves and how we speak over others. You know, often you want to speak to your children the way you would speak to yourself sometimes. Amen? You know, you wouldn't, you know, sometimes we can feel like, oh, I'm just a, you know, I'm worthless or I'm whatever. You would never dare say that to your children, would you? You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. A good, good parent wouldn't do that. But often we can feel that way. We can feel unworthy. And we've got to be very careful what those words that we're putting into our minds are because they will come out under pressure and they will be um, created. We will see um, the outworking of that in our lives. Now, fear is something that stops people and the enemy uses fear like incredibly. Like if he can use fear to stop you from being all that you're created to be, he's got you. Your fear is crippling. Fear will stop you dead in your tracks. Fear and anxiety will stop you. But God says that his perfect love casts out all fear. His perfect love. So if we're connected to his love and we're flowing in his love, fear has no place. Fear has no place because we know who our daddy is. Amen? We don't have to fear. The only fear that we should have is the reverential awe and fear of God. And that fear of danger that God puts in us, you know, we're going to go right into the fire and put our hand there, amen? But our God is such a good God. He's a good God. He's a good Father. He's such a good Father. He, he warns his family, he rips his children out of the way of danger. That's how good he is. He's such a good God. And if we're connected to him, we have nothing to fear. You see, the world will try and put fear on you. Look at them. Look at what's going on at the moment. My goodness. I mean, it's terrible. The stuff, the media that, that they're putting out there that's breeding fear. It's, it's dreadful. And we can get caught up in that if we're not careful. Don't get caught up in that. The Bible tells us what we're to think on in Philippians. It says, think on these things. Whatever is good, whatever is noble, Whatever is, you know, whatever praiseworthy, whatever is a good report, think on these things. Now that doesn't mean, and this is where I think people can, can get it wrong, that you have to go around just proclaiming positive things and being fake all the time. That's a load of rubbish. That's not the heart of God. <laughs> you know, we, we see the things that are going on in the world. We see the devastation. It should drive us to our knees in prayer. Amen? It should drive us to our knees and say, God, Help me to represent you. Help me to walk in your light so that people who are bound in darkness and who are bound with fear can see something different. Amen? We are never meant to walk according to the pattern of this world. The Bible says that very clearly. It says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to renew our minds. Our minds are not to be fixed on the things of this world that will try and trip us up. Our minds are to be fixed on Jesus because he is the answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the great deliverer. And if we are in him, Christ in us, the hope of glory, he's in us. Wow. You know, often we can just read those scriptures and say, oh, yeah, Christ in us. Yeah, Christ is in us. Are you aware of his presence daily? When you wake up in the morning, oh, Jesus, you're in me. You're with me. I carry your presence wherever I go. 
I walk in the light because you walk in the light. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He is with us in all things and we've got to become aware of his presence. And God is awakening us, awakening his bride, awakening his church to become more aware of his presence, to be aware of who he is and how great he is. And I tell you what, you can trust him no matter what. No matter the season, you can trust him because he will always force things to work for good. Always. That's what he does. He's the redeemer. He redeems things. Aren't you glad? Yeah. Aren't you glad? Oh, my goodness. He's a great... We have, we have good news. We've got good news to proclaim. Not bad news. That's the, that's the, I think Chelsea Hagen put something out. It was awesome about the false uh, prophet of media. That's so true. It's a false prophet. Guess what? The true prophets better start to arise and begin to proclaim the majesty and the awesomeness of God. Amen? Not, not get caught up with all this condemnation and rubbish. My goodness, our God is a good God. He's a, he's a great God. And uh, we have good news to proclaim. So we're created in his likeness and his image. You know, there's a scripture in Proverbs 25 and uh, Proverbs 25 and 28. And it says this, it says, Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. I'll just say that again. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And so we're told that we are to guard our thoughts. We're told that we are to guard our minds. Amen. If we don't, if we don't do that, it says there that if, if we don't, if we don't guard ourselves, we're like a city without walls. So in other words, the enemy can just come in when a city is unwalled, the enemy has free access. The enemy can just come in and, and run rampant. But we're called to have dominion. We are. We're called to have dominion. I know a lot of people can get uh, a bit funny about this, but it's Bible. We're created in his image. We are, we, are, we are created to rule and to reign. And the first thing that we're called to rule and reign over is ourselves. <laughs> Do not let sin reign in your mortal body. <laughs> Jesus has conquered. Amen. <laughs> He's conquered. So we get to we get to rule and reign over ourselves and we have to be very careful with what we allow to come in to our mind because what comes into our mind can get into our heart and when it gets into our heart in those hard places it will come out of our mouth. And then there'll be that self-fulfilling prophecy that we have to deal with. Amen. But God is gracious and he wants us to get our, our words lined up with what he is saying. You know, what you think determines everything in your world. The way you think determines everything. You know, now um, we know good and evil. We know good and evil. After the fall, we have that knowledge. We know good and evil. Um, And we get to choose every day. Every day we have choices presented with us. Are we going to walk by the flesh? Or are we going to walk by the Spirit? It's not works. 
It's just being connected to him. When you're connected to him, when you're flowing in the Holy Spirit, when when you're aware of his presence, he's going to guide you away from stuff. Because you're going to be walking somewhere and temptation comes to all of us. And you're going to be walking somewhere and you're going to be something that might tug on your heart that used to tug on your heart years ago and might still be tugging on your heart now. That temptation might be in your way. It might be a trap for you. But I tell you, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, if you're topped up in the Holy Spirit, if you're aware of His presence and you start travelling towards that thing and you see that thing, He'll just go, oh, no, you can't go here. That's not who you are. You are created for more. You are a son and a daughter of God. That's the old life. That's the old man. That old man's dead. Consider yourself dead to that and alive to God in Christ. And then he's a good God. He's a good father. He leads us around danger. He pulls us out of things. He's not the one who leads us into temptation. The enemy puts things in our path all the time. But as we stay connected to him, and we, and we stay connected to the Holy Spirit. He leads us around. He shows us a better way. Amen? And he doesn't bring condemnation. He speaks identity over us. And we need to be people who speak identity over one another. So that when we see a brother or a sister, you know, uh, downtrodden or fallen or, 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 um, or, or going off and doing the wrong thing, when you go and gently restore them, and when it go, we're going to say, hey, that's not who you are. You're created in the image of God. There's so much more for you. <laughs> Amen? So, you know, we get to declare over each other. We get to see one another through the eyes of the Spirit. None of us are perfect yet. <laughs> None of us are perfect yet. We're being transformed daily. And someone said to me years ago, and I've always, I've always remembered this, I can't remember who quoted it, someone said, you are as close to God as you choose to be. And I thought, wow, that's so true. Because the Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God. We're the ones who get to cultivate this relationship with God. He's the one who woos us. He's the one, I mean, we can't come unless he's called us. We know that. But, but who knows that we can walk we can walk our own way. Maybe we can get over here and walk our own way. <laughs> but God just wants us to draw near him. We're as close to him as we choose to be. Everything in life is about choice. We get to choose. Choose this day, life or death. He even tells us choose life. We get to choose life. We get to operate out of the out of the um out of the goodness of God, not out of, not out of the darkness. We get to operate out of light, not out of darkness. Amen? We get to walk in light. We get to choose those things that God would have for us. We're created in His likeness. We're created in His image. We've got to be so careful. Our personal narrative, I'm just, I, again, I just want to challenge you. What are you saying? What are you speaking over yourself? If it's negative and if it's things that, that try to push you down, it doesn't come from God. Get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Renew your mind. Find out what God says about you. Find out what He says. Don't go dwelling on that stuff. And He died for a people. And we're His people. And the world out there needs to see His people. Um, there's been such 
a terrible representation of the church over the years. Such a terrible representation because people haven't walked according to God's plan in His ways. Amen? And God's not surprised about that. So he is, he is so patient. He's so patient. He knows that we all get it wrong. He knows that sometimes we see the word of God and we might think, oh, this is, this is how it is. He knows that we get it wrong. But if we're connected to him, if we stay in tune with him, he's well able to navigate us in the right way. Amen? And I believe that he is, he is, he is bride. We're going to see his bride shine glorious in this hour. It's an opportunity for us to reflect the nature and, and the goodness and the character of God. And we can only do that by spending time with Him. Because who you spend time with rubs off. Rubs off. The world talks about, lots about, you know, you, you, you're hanging out with people of corrupt nature, guess what? It's going to rub off on you. That doesn't mean that, that we don't, we don't um, hang out with you know, sinners and, and we don't associate with those people. Yes, we do. But we don't, that's not our whole, that's not, that's not where we gain our life from. We gain our life from God and from one another, encouraging one another. And then when we're full of the spirit, when we're, when we're topped up, when we're encouraged, then we can go into the darkness and display his light. Otherwise, that darkness might get on you. Yeah? You've got to be very careful who you hang out with. So we'll rub off. We'll rub off. You know, even uh, hang out with people who are negative and uh, and and critical. Soon, that thing, that that internal voice might become your internal voice if you hang out with it long enough. I mean, you know, with husbands and wives, you take on each other's characteristics sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, oh my goodness. Or or your mother. You know, you never thought that you would say things that your mother said and then suddenly all of a sudden these things that your mother said start coming out of your mouth. Amen? And that happens. It's, it's, it's who we hang out with. We've got to be so careful. We've got to be so careful about our language. Our language has got to align with God. I just want to go back um, when I said before about how we're not perfect. We're not, at this moment, we're not perfect. And the Apostle Paul said this, but we are being perfected. Who knows that? We're being perfected. It says there um, in 1 Corinthians 2. Um, it's in 1 Corinthians 2. Sorry, it's Philippians. We've got 1 Corinthians in there. In Philippians 3 and verse 12. And this is the Apostle Paul. He's talking, and we might even go back to verse, uh, verse 9. He talks about, in verse 10 there, he talks about, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection, talking about Jesus, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus, for which I lay hold of by Christ Jesus. goes on and it says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it, yet one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And it says there, therefore, 
let, let, let us therefore, as many as are perfect, that means mature, as many as are mature, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that in you also. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. So the Apostle Paul there is saying that he, he still presses on. He hasn't quite attained it yet, but he still presses on. But we should be going from glory to glory. We should be maturing daily. Our walk with God should be an upward call. Amen? We shouldn't be pulling backwards. We should be going forward, forgetting those things that are behind. So those things that have tripped you up in the past, put them behind you and strain forward in God. When he says he uses words, you know, about pressing forward and straining and all of those things, you know, if we're in a works mentality, we will think that that's by works. It's not by works. It's by rest. It's by rest. He says we allow God's spirit to work in us. What is of works is the flesh. When you're in the flesh, that's hard work. That's hard work. There's no flow when you're in the flesh and you're trying to make things happen. There's, there's no, it's human effort. But when you're connected to the vine, and when you're connected to him, when you're connected to God, those things are a delight. You want to press forward. You want to keep going in God. You want to leave the junk behind because you know that that call is there, that upward call in Christ is there. And we forget those things. We are being perfected. We're being created more and more into the likeness and the image of God so that we can reflect him. Because Jesus has had a bad rap out there. He's being represented in all kinds of ways out there. You know, ask people who God is, and they'll tell you many things. They'll, I've spoken to many people who said, oh, I've never set foot in a church. They're so judgmental in that church. And a lot of it can be their misconceptions as well, or issues going on in their heart as well. But there has been some misrepresentation of God over the years. And the challenge for us as a, as a body of believers is to represent Him well. Yeah. To represent Him well to do the things that, that bring delight to him, to transform the way we think. And that is a work that we have to do, but it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. You see, he, he, he says, guard your mind and, and you know, have self-control. He says all those things, but he gives us those things. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So we, we're not running around in our own effort trying to cast things down and, and trying to you know, manage things. We rely on the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. We connect with Him. And we rely on those fruits. Amen? It's, it's, there's an ease in it. There's an ease. And Katrina read out the scripture this morning about being imitators of God as beloved children. What, a, what an incredible uh, passage that is in, in Ephesians there. And it says, going back there, she read out from uh, verse, verse, uh, five, chapter 5 and verse 1. I just want to read uh, from chapter four, uh, 4, verse 29. This is a challenge. This is a challenge about the words that we speak. It says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need for the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. You know, when we speak, when we, when we speak because we are created in his image, like I said before, those words are creative. 
And it says that, that when we speak according to His words, not unwholesome words, but His words, good for edification according to the need of the moment, it gives grace to those who hear. That's supernatural. Grace comes upon people. God's looking for people. God's looking for dispensers of grace. Yeah. <clears throat> Just let that sink in for a minute. He's looking for dispensers of grace that will proclaim his incredible wisdom, his, that will empower people to come out of the things that they've been dealing with and to come into a higher level. Amen? He's looking for our language to line up with his language. The Bible says that if you're called to speak, speak as though speaking the very words of God. If you're called to serve, do so with everything that you are. Amen? Oh, we want to be imitators of Christ. It says there, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, oh my goodness, for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Margaret put an awesome word, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. We will extend grace to one another. We will extend grace. That's how we grieve the Holy Spirit. That word again has been used so so wrongly about grieving the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit when our words come and when we speak rubbish. (laughs) Amen. And when we speak rubbish over ourselves, it grieves the heart of God. We don't don't want to let any unwholesome word come out of our mouths. We want our language to be lined up with the language of the Spirit. And I'll tell you what, this word challenges me. When God God spoke to me about mind your language, don't think that I've got it all together and I don't, you know? No, I've got to mind my language. I've got to to watch what I say. I've got to watch what I I, um, listen to and what I hear. And I've got to... I've got to be careful of the words that I speak. I'm very mindful of that. And I believe that in this hour, we've just got to be so careful because God's doing an incredible work. He wants, he wants to be represented the way he should be represented. Amen? This, oh, I say this often about the word of God. It's, the word of God comes and it, 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 it challenges us. It challenges us. And it should. It should, and we should welcome it. We should welcome it. Now, if you're dealing with things in your life where you, where you know that you're being critical, or you know that you're speaking things out that you shouldn't be speaking out, there's grace, there's mercy, there's forgiveness. You've got to bring them before God. You've got to renew your mind and say, No, that's not who I am. That's who I was, but I'm dead to that. I'm going to love to God now. I'm going to walk his way. Amen? There's grace. There's grace and forgiveness. I won't read um, any more about it. I, I, I encourage you to read that in Ephesians. I'm so glad you brought that word this morning, Katrina. So, so good. But our words are so important. I'm going to finish up soon. I'm going to hold the Okay, so I'll, I'll finish up soon. But I just want to read. There's a story that... 
most of us know um, in Luke and chapter 1, and it's about the birth of John the Baptist. And um, remember when the angel of the Lord uh, came and appeared to Zechariah? Do you remember that story? I might just read out a little bit of that. It says in Luke 1 and chapter 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of that name. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God, he appointed order of his division according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter into the temple of the Lord and burn the incense. I think I'm going to have to go through all that stuff now to, to get into the presence of God. It's awesome. Um, and the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of, of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing right, uh, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, while yet still in his mother's womb. And, when, and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord uh, their God. It is he who will go on as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, proclaiming that birth of John the Baptist, that forerunner. Um, Zachariah said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. Um, <laughs> I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which were which will be fulfilled at the proper time. And the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. He was actually going to go on there. Uh, but when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realised that he'd seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them, and he remained mute. Amazing, isn't it? It says there in verse 20 that... The angel said to him, You shall be silent and unable to speak until the days when these things take place because you did not believe my words. Sometimes we're going to remain silent and not speak because our words will create. We don't want to, we don't want to speak unbelief. Amen? Especially in this hour. When multiple births are coming. You see, that that was Zechariah was struck mute because he didn't believe. Right? When the birth happened, you can read about it later, the birth happened, 
John the Baptist was born, and they said, what are you going to name him? And they said, oh, I can't remember what the name was, but something. And then, uh, and, and uh, Elizabeth said, no, we'll name him John and Zachariah. And Zachariah started to speak again. He, 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 was, he was able to speak again. Because see, the promise had been fulfilled. He was able to speak again. Sometimes we mess things up in the birthing process by speaking things out that, that are full of unbelief. Amen? <laughs> and so, because there's things that are happening in the spirit and there's birthing things happening in the spirit, we've got to be very careful of the language that we speak. Sometimes we've got to strike ourselves mute. Amen? If we're going to go and speak out stuff over what God's doing, I'm like this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to be aligned with unbelief. I, I want to, and even when I don't understand, I want to stay silent because who knows that God can do incredible things. And sometimes some of the things that I've heard in the secret place, some of the things that I've heard other people say that that God is saying, I'm like, wow, how on earth could that ever happen? If I look in the natural, but who knows that God is a supernatural God. And even when I don't understand, I'm going to remain silent. Because who knows that that thing might just be birthed. And I don't want to be one who stands in the way. I don't want to be one who misses what God is doing. Amen? Sometimes we've got to, we have to mind our language in order to give birth to, to what God has. We need to have our language lined up with the language of the Spirit. <laughs> There's a battle over your voice. There's a battle over your voice. There's a battle over my voice. We don't mind our languages this season. Amen? We know that the voice of the Lord will prevail. We know that the voice of the Lord will prevail. He uses us. He uses his people to see things come to pass. Amen? I want to be in line with him <laughs> and have my words lined up with him. I think I might finish up there, but um, it's good to be reminded of the things that we dwell on, those eternal things that come into our thoughts and into our lives, and it's good to be reminded that we challenge those things, because often those things we don't even know that we're doing, because they just becomes part of us. But when God suddenly starts to say, hang, hang on a minute, that's not who you made, begin to awaken, and we need to challenge those voices. We need to challenge that unbelief in our, in our heart. Amen? And let's get our language lined up with his language. But Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, God. We thank you. We look forward to this season, God, when you're birthing things, Lord. Lord, I pray that... Um, Lord, for each of us here, God, that you will speak to us about those things that you are birthing in this season, Lord. Those things in our families, those things that we have been uh, praying for, those things that we have been longing for, God. I pray that you will begin to stir those things up again and that we would be people, Lord, who would dare to believe. That we would be people who would, who would remember and recall your goodness and your grace and know, Lord, that you are trustworthy and that what you say shall come to pass. God, help us, God. Lord, help us to be all that you have called us to be and help us to shine forth your glory so that the world who doesn't know you 
my sin, the one true God. Thank you, Lord. Help us to get out of the way sometimes, Lord, in order for you to shine forth. And we thank you, Father. Lord, we're called to go alone, Lord. We're called to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Come on. So that you will be lifted up, Lord. So that we will see you shine, Father. Thank you that we can rely on you totally and completely. You're a good Father. 